Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, Major Junior. Hey, Connor McDavid of the Erie Otters. Matt Barzell of Seattle Thunderbirds. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. I'm Braden Holpe for the Saskatoon Blades. I'm Gabriel Landeskog. I'm playing for the Kitchen Rangers. Hi, this is Sean Couturier from the Drummondville Voltager. Carter Hart of the Everett Silvertips. This is Taylor Hall of the Windsor Spitfire. Nathan McKinnon from the Halifax Moosehead. NCAA. Hey, it's Jack Eichel. I play at Boston University. It's Alex Turcott. Hey, it's Kale McCarve. Hey, this is Jack Drury. Hey, it's Kyle Connor. Hi, this is Ian Mitchell of the Denver University Pioneers. It's Morgan Barron from Cornell University. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hello, this is uh, Jerry York, the coach at Boston College. The World Juniors. My name is Andres Fischko from uh, Team Russia. Hey, it's Joel Farabee from Team USA. It's Norris Sider from Germany. I'm Philip Roberg of the Team Sweden. It's Elliot Hall Lennon. Hey, it's Nikola Ehlers. It's Matt Sogard. Hi, it's Timo Meyer. Hi, this is Jordan Edwards of Team Canada. The NHL Draft. This is Alexis Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. Hi, Scott and Bicep from the Sudbury Wolves. Connor Zeri from the Camelot Blazers. I'm Alexander Holtz. I'm Lucas Freeman. Cole Perfetti of the Saginaw Spirit. Dylan Holler from the Wisconsin Badgers. Hey, it's Jake Sampson. I play for Team USA. Brayden Schneider, Caden Dooley. Here's Marco Rossi. I'm from the other sounds. And more. Excellent! This is the Pipeline Show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, that's me. Welcome back to uh, those of you who are returning listeners, and of course if you're a patron at patreon.com slash Show, then extra special uh, thank you and shout out to uh, you as that number has been growing and growing a lot here as the, uh, the draft gets closer and closer, which is fantastic, I appreciate the support. Hey, if you're a newcomer to the program and this is your first episode, let me know on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. What encourages you to try the show? Maybe it was the, the comments or the ratings that other people left wherever you're getting your copy of the Pipeline Show. And that's the whole well, that's the whole reason why people leave comments and ratings is to try to encourage uh, listener growth for whatever podcast that you listen to. So uh, leaving those, uh, those ratings or those comments is really important, uh, whatever show that you're listening to. I put up a question of the day earlier today uh, on Twitter. It reads, who is your favorite Swedish player available in the 2021 NHL draft and why? And if he's not listed below, you'd better tell me who it is with a reply. And uh, I listed uh, four guys, the four top ranked players uh, by central scouting that be William Eklund, Fabian LaSalle, uh, Simon Edvidson, and uh, Jesper Wallstedt. A lot of responses already. I'll, I'll tell you the vote count right now is 55.4% for William Eklund. Uh, Jesper Wallstedt at 20.5 is next. Simon Edvinson with uh, just over 15%, and Fabian LaSalle is uh, just under 10%. Uh, but some of the feedback that I'm getting is uh, people were throwing out the name of their, uh, the, like the, the guy they admire the most or the per- they like his personality the most. I wanted, like, favorite as in the, the best guy. Uh, maybe I didn't word that uh, clearly enough, but uh, Shane said it's uh, William Stromgren because uh, he has decent size. Needs to fill out a bit more. Has a very good shot. Could very easily be a solid middle six player. Again, he says that's not the guy he thinks is the best player. That would be William Eklund. Uh, but he, uh, I guess he likes his personality. Uh, Stat boy Steven, very similar in this regard as well. He said, uh, my favorite Swedish player in the draft last year was Noel Gundler. Doesn't mean he was the best. If you ask me who the best one is, it's William Eklund. But he's selected uh, Simon Robertson as uh, his favorite player uh, for this upcoming draft. 
Uh, Tobias Peterson says, uh, he kind of words it like this. He says, it's William Eklund, then there's a gap, then it's Simon Edmondson, and then there's a big gap down to Jesper Wallstad. He also adds on, don't draft uh, Fabian LaSalle, which I found interesting. Didn't explain why, though. Yannick says it's Eklund. Looks like he can do everything pretty good, but I really like Robertson and his heady shot. So if you want to uh, let me know your thoughts on that, at TPS underscore Guy is where you uh, find the poll, and you can uh, also expand on your thoughts as well. Let's get to uh, a few quick CHL news items and uh, and one NCAA note. Uh, we'll start in the queue as the uh, finals in the President's Cup. Well, it's all going to wrap up this weekend. Right now, Victoriaville has a three games to two lead over Valdor, who were the favorites coming into the uh, the final. Game six goes tomorrow. That would be Saturday on June 5th. And if game seven is required, and let's hope there is, because uh, this has been a pretty fun series to watch, uh, that would be on Sunday. So no matter what, by Sunday night, we will know who is the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League champ for this year. The stats leaders for the uh, the playoffs right now, Alex Bocage uh, from Victoriaville has 24 points. Jacob Pelche has 23 uh, for Valdor. In the Western Hockey League, the news this week has been the uh, draft lottery. Uh, so the uh, Bantam draft will go in December. So will the U.S. prospect draft. They did a lottery to determine the, uh, the order uh, based kind of loosely on how they finished in each division this year. Those were kind of put into little pools. Uh, so we knew, for example, Edmonton had no chance of getting the first overall pick. It was a lottery, but they were in a pool with Everett, Kamloops, and Brandon as the division winners uh, to decide who was going to pick 19, 20, 21, and 22. Uh, so the first overall pick in the Bantam draft goes to Spokane, Tri-City with the number two pick. And then the uh, Brandon Weekings, who draft very, very well, uh, they have the number three and four picks because they got both of those via trades a couple of years ago, uh, one from Victoria, one from Moose Jaw. Uh, Red Deer is picking five, then Swift Current with back-to-back picks, their own, and then uh, the one that they hold, which used to belong to the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, the Oil Kings, uh, they have the number 13 pick, which they got from the Kelowna Rockets, and they have the uh, number 19 pick, which is their own. So, this lottery actually worked out really well for the Oil Kings as they were the top finishing team in the regular season. So they move up basically from the number 22 pick to number 19 with their own. And uh, the Kamloops pick, I think, would have been 16 if you would have just done it by uh, end of the regular season points. But they moved that one up to number 13 as well. So uh, the lottery working out for the Oil Kings. Uh, the U.S. draft, it's going to be a snake draft. So the team that picks first, which is Seattle. Uh, they will pick last in uh, round two. It's only a two-round draft. Uh, so the first round goes like this. Seattle, Lethbridge, Winnipeg, Prince George, Saskatoon is picking fifth. Then Swift Current, Tri-City, uh, Red Deer, Victoria, and Kamloops uh, rounding out the top ten. Then you've got Portland, Regina, Brandon, Everett, and Kelowna with the 15 pick. Spokane is 16, and Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Medicine Hat, uh, Prince Albert, and Moose Jaw is picking last in the first round, which means they also pick first in the second round. So the uh, U.S. Uh, prospect draft will also go in uh, December, that one on December 8th, which is actually the day before the uh, Bantam draft. That's the CHL news, and uh, the only thing out of uh, college hockey uh, that was uh, big this week, and more follow-up with uh, Robert Morris suspending their, well, just eliminating their Division One men's and women's hockey team, 
and uh, the fallout in Pittsburgh seems to be pretty significant. There's a lot of people really pissed off about uh, Robert Morris just axing their their hockey teams really short notice, kind of sp- almost like spur of the moment. And some of the local bigwigs in town, sporting-wise, the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers is a uh, Robert Morris alum. His name is Kevin Colbert, or Colbert. He was on the board and actually resigned after this decision was made. He spoke up vehemently against uh, the option or the thought of uh, wiping out the hockey program. And now the Pittsburgh Penguins are involved as well and say they will do whatever it takes to, to get on board. That would be Penguins president and CEO David Morehouse. Then there's also uh, Murray Gunty, who is uh, from uh, Black Bear Sports Group. I believe he's also part owner of the Youngstown Phantoms in the uh, USHL. All of these people want to have a hand in trying to keep the program alive. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. This is all being reported by Tim Benz with uh, TribLive.com, but we'll see. That's still haven't seen a whole lot of. I haven't seen any actually the players transferring from that program to anywhere else. So maybe they're thinking there'll be a last minute, uh, last minute save. I think there was a a petition going around or something like that to try to raise money. It didn't sound to me originally like it was a money issue though, that they just wanted to ax it. And I'm not sure what the reasoning was, but uh, it seemed to certainly catch everybody off guard. Remember we had Adam Odin on the show last week uh, to talk about that. I do have a good guest list for you this week. Uh, We are going heavy on the 2021 draft spotlight. Uh, I'll tell you who those guests are as they're all going to join me courtesy the Troubled Monk hotline. The Troubled Monk uh, Brewery is located in Red Deer. And if you are, if you're in Alberta and you haven't had Troubled Monk yet, well, this is the time of year for sure, summer. And it has been smoking hot, or at least around my parts here in the Edmonton area. It's been hot, hot, hot heat wave. And uh, nothing better than a cold beer on a hot day. And best news yet, my uh, my next shipment is on its way as we speak. I will uh, be enjoying some Troubled Monk this evening, as a matter of fact. And thankfully, I used a promo code PIPELINE to get that delivery right to my door absolutely free. If, if you live between Calgary and St. Albert, including Edmonton, Red Deer, Sherwood Park, all the towns in between, then you can also do the same when you order online at troubledmonk.com shop. Make sure you use promo code PIPELINE and you'll get that delivery right to your door for absolutely free as well. Here's the guest list uh, on the show this week. We'll begin, uh, as I mentioned, all four players, uh, are, all four guests are players who are eligible for the upcoming NHL draft. We'll start with Jalen Lipen of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who uh, previously was a depth forward. He was eligible for the draft last year, but uh, to me, I think it was just on a really deep team. He didn't get the exposure but had a terrific year for the Oil Kings this season, well over a point per game. Uh, I, I would be shocked if he didn't get drafted this year. Uh, we lead the show off with Jalen Lipen. From there, we'll go with uh, a high schooler. He actually played for three teams this year. Kyle Kukinen is his name. He's eventually going to go to Michigan Tech, but he played in uh, the Elite League in Minnesota. He played for his high school at Maple Grove, and he also played in uh, the in the Null for the Minot Minotauros. Great name. Now we'll uh, catch up with Kyle Kukinen. From there, we'll go with Ethan Strackey, defenseman with uh, the U.S. National Development Program. Saw him at the uh, World U18 playing for the United States down in Texas. And uh, this week, we will end the show with the highest-ranked player of this group. That would be Nolan Allen, ranked 40th by NHL Central Scouting. He's one of the top players out of the WHL this year. Defenseman with the Prince Albert Raiders. 
Uh, so we'll get to know Nolan Allen as well. So lots to get to. We're going to start with Jalen Lipen. But before I do, reminder that the Pipeline Show is powered and fueled and brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best beef jerky in Alberta. You can only get it one of two ways, by going to Leduc or Spruce Grove. And the other way is to contact either location and have it shipped to you. If you're in Western Canada and you can't get to uh, either of those two uh, Alberta locations, contact them and they will ship it to you. And uh, you'll thank me that you were able to try the best beef jerky in Alberta. Wilhock Beef Jerky, highly, highly recommended. It is absolutely delicious. Let's get to the show. First up, Jalen Lipen of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's the first guest on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, powered by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hey, it's Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Sawchuck. Here comes Neighbors driving away. Backhander. Scores! What a shot! Oh, Jake Neighbors backhander on the rush. It's 4-3 Edmonton. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Troubled Monk Brew of the Week has a lot of character, but tell us about it. The Pesky Pig Pale Ale. Named after the little piggy that never went to the market, this super approachable pale ale has all kinds of citrus flavors, including huge grapefruit note. Player comparable, Matthew Kachuk. Always in the mix, and no matter what, you'd rather him on your team. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at TroubledMonk.com. That's Troubled Monk, craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, I brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky available in Alberta, and I would say the best beef jerky uh, I've ever had. Let's turn on the 2021 Draft Spotlight. Uh, we're going to do that for all four guest segments of this week's episode. We'll get to know four different players, all of them draft eligible this year. Uh, and my first guest is, uh, well, he was a guy who was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jalen, but I believe you were draft eligible last year. Jalen Lipen of the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm not doing too bad, and you were draft eligible last year, right? 2002 birthday. I was, yes. All right, so not being taken last year, and let's let's be honest. I mean, this the Oil Kings were a really deep team. A lot of draft eligible players on deep teams kind of fall through the cracks because you don't get the ice time and things like that. But did that pr- give you extra motivation coming into this uh, this 24 game season? I've always had a chip on my shoulder. I'd say growing up through minor hockey and uh, not getting drafted last year just added added another weight onto that. And I I took that to a fence and had the best off season of my life. And I just tried to prove people wrong this season. Well, and you certainly did that uh, last year. It was your second year in the WHL last year. 18 points in 64 games nine points you played the role you were a good player on the team a depth player but it you know played that role really well this year boy you, you blew it out of the water 29 points in 23 games so way more than a point per game player he talked about the offseason and how important it was it was the longest offseason you've ever had the longest offseason anybody's had what'd you do yeah it was a long 11 month period uh we we were told a, a lot of times that maybe we're going back this was the chance to get back and play and then that would get shut down and 
I think that just made me work harder. And I realized here's another month to get my body ready and ready for a season. And I think that was the biggest part for me and uh, to help me play, uh, play the way I did this year. And those 11 months were hard, but they were the, the biggest help for me. Well, you had 13 points as a rookie, as a 16-year-old, 18 points in your 17-year-old season. And this year, as I mentioned, 29 points, but you played you know, less than half of the games you'd played the previous year. So a big jump. Do you chalk that up to, I mean, obviously the off-season training and all that, you, another year under your belt in the league. More opportunity, though, too, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it, it also just came with confidence as well. I, I, I came in into my third year with a lot of confidence and uh brad made me feel comfortable and put me into put me in a position i could succeed in and i just took it from there and took it on my own and made uh made things happen uh Jaylen, how weird was this season let's be honest 24 games you're playing the same four opponents over and over again just how weird was it i mean great that you got to play but it must have been awfully strange yeah, I remember the first game we came out, and it was so weird. I, I could see the light of day outside in the downtown community rink, and then <laughs> looking up and seeing just no fans, an empty crowd. It was definitely def, definitely something different, and it it was it was interesting. But at the same time, I think it was good for our group because we really had to build everything on our own this year, energy wise, and I think that was a big part of our success. And Honestly, I didn't mind at the time, but I can't wait to uh, get back to playing uh, games with fans. Well, and I know some people would say, you know, was it worth it? 24 games, what do you get out of that? In fact, you guys played 23 games. But then I think of a guy like yourself, passed over in last year's draft. Suddenly, you're very much on the radar uh, for NHL Central Scouting. There's a pretty darn good chance you get drafted this year. You're you're one of the poster boys for why was this very abbreviated season? Why was it important? Um, I mean, this is it wasn't that long, but man, it could make a world of difference, not just for your career but for your life. Yeah, I think uh, it was definitely lucky. Uh, I I was definitely lucky this year being able to play so many so many draft eligible kids down in uh, eastern the eastern side of Canada and all over the place, unable to play because of COVID, which means that uh, I. For me, I just took that, took that, and I just wanted to play. And I knew this was uh, the best shot at me getting drafted. And I just wanted to prove people wrong. And I've, like I said, I've had that chip on my shoulder since I was young. And I love proving people wrong. And I just wanted to do that this year. Jalen Leipen of the Edmonton Oil Kings is my guest. Uh, Jalen, what we like to do in this part of the show is uh, let my audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible, like you are. Uh, but there'll be a lot of you know casual NHL fans who don't watch the WHL or junior hockey at all, who will be you know uh, trying to get as much information on draft eligible players as they can. So there'll be a lot of those fans maybe listening to this interview have never heard of you before. So for those guys, uh, for those people, let's get a bit of background. Um, where are you from? Uh, I was born in Kelowna, BC, and I've uh, lived here for the past 18 years. And do you remember how old you were when you first started playing? I believe my grandpa put me on skates when I was three, and I started playing initiation hockey around the age of five. All right, so that's pretty normal for a Canadian kid. Um, who got you into hockey? You mentioned your grandpa got you skating, but was there a reason you got involved uh, and interested in, in the sport? Uh, both of both my uh, parents played college basketball, and he was really the only one to have a college uh, or uh, a hockey background in the family, and he wanted me to play hockey. 
and he just he took me took me away from my mom one day put put the skates on me and laced them up and took me out in the pond and that's my best memory with him and that, that was the moment that made me love the game of hockey I can't see your your parents as basketball players. Uh, how did you know? At what level did they play basketball? You're, I, I certainly uh, can picture your mother in my head. It's not like she's six uh, three or anything like that. Yeah, I know. My mom was uh, a shifty point guard, and then my dad was. He's got the height. He was six four, and ah. both of them played uh, played at UBCO basketball. My dad was actually an all Canadian, and uh, that's how they met. And yeah, they were both both college basketball players, and uh, I'm glad I'm a hockey player because I'm not very good at basketball. I was going to ask, did you play, you know, b-ball as a kid? Uh, I did growing up in high school. Always, uh, I I I always I was always into it. My dad, my dad was coach coached me growing up, and I did play it all. But then uh, when it was time, I chose hockey. Uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings selected you in the ninth round of the uh, 2017 draft. You mentioned that chip on your shoulder. I mean, this is—it's not like you're a first-round pick in the in the WHL draft, and here you are, more than a point per game player. So, kind of a guy coming out of nowhere to some degree. Is that all about the, that chip on the shoulder and trying to prove people wrong too? Yeah, exactly. I think I re- I remember drafting uh, when I was chosen at Edmonton. I think I knew that was the best uh, the best place for me to go, and I knew. Uh, I was I knew uh, I was going to go there and prove everyone wrong and prove all the 179 uh, players that went ahead of me that uh, the teams made the wrong decision. Well, you come to Edmonton, you know it's going to be a good team. That means it's going to be a tough team to get ice time on. Mixed feelings about that. You know the team's going to have success, but how do you stand out? How do you look at it and say this is what I got to do to get noticed? Yeah, I remember I was going into my camp when I was 16 years old with a brand new coaching staff and Brad and. Luke and Kurt and I think uh, that was that was a big help for me it was a it was a new opportunity and I just had to prove myself they'd never seen me before and I remember going into camp and I just told myself I was gonna work my bag off and uh, the best opportunity will uh, unfold and luckily I got a roster spot when I was 16. Yeah Uh, for those who haven't had an opportunity to watch you play and they, they might only look at the stats how do you describe yourself as a player? Give us a, a self-scouting report on what makes Jalen Lipen uh, a player and uh, what we should notice from you on the ice. Uh, I'm a very versatile forward. I can play I can play the left, I can play center, I can play the right wing, as well as I can play on the penalty kill, I can play on the power play, and I'm a, two, I'm a two-way forward who's uh, good in the D zone and also can create offense in the O zone. All right. Well, that I mean sounds like you need to play everywhere. And I, listen, I I get to do a lot of the uh, broadcast for the Oil King games. Not this past season, of course, but in the past. And I've seen a lot of uh, your games. Um, one of the things that always stands out to me is that your motor never quits. You're you're always hard on the forecheck, and you're you're always chasing the the puck if it's not on your stick. And you like to play that agitator style of, of game, don't you? You like getting under the skin of the op- opposition. Yeah, I do, I do love that. Uh, I do I do play with a, a lot of energy, and I think that that's what gets me going at nights. Uh, that's how I get myself into the game is when I'm getting a, under the opponent's skin, and I love seeing their reactions, and it gets me more ready and more fired up, and that's a part of my game style, and that's one thing that helps me uh, have the success. Well, you're, you're a, a pain-in-the-ass player on the ice, especially for the opposition. I guess maybe only for the opposition. I'm sure your teammates love when you play that style of game. But off the ice, completely different. I mean, you got lots of charity work. I remember your first year, you 
you, you shaved your head and donated all your hair and all that stuff. Where does that come from? That sense of, uh, you know, uh, community outreach. Yeah, I think uh, growing up, my family, my family was always giving back. So I've kind of grew up with that. And um, with the hair thing, uh, my aunt, my, my, uh, my mom's best friend had cancer, had breast cancer and lost her hair. And hmm. that was kind of a thing for me. And she was kind of my second mom and I wanted to grow my hair for her and raise money for cancer. And I think uh, just my family, we've always gave back and I'm a big part of that too. And I'm a firm believer in giving back. And that's just, if if there's an, if there's ever a chance for me to give back, I'm doing that. Well, tell me about the uh, coaching staff for the Oil Kings and uh, Brad Lauer and uh, Luke Pierce and just how they've helped you evolve as a player and, and kind of grow and, and uh, find different uh, facets of your game and improve. Yeah, when, everyone, when anyone brings up Brad and Luke to me, I always tell them they're the best coaching duo I've ever had in my life. Um, Brad and Luke do a great job making you feel comfortable as a hockey player. They're always open. They love to chat which is a huge thing for hockey players these days. And I remember coming in and shaking Brad's hand and I knew he was going to help me as a hockey player, become a better hockey player and also a better person. And I, that's one of the big things why I love Edmonton so much is those two. And they've done a great job and the three years they've been there, they've done an excellent job and you can tell. And I just feel so lucky that I can go into the rink and get coached by those two. How tough was uh, Edmonton winter compared to uh, Kelowna winter? That is probably the number one thing I love coming back to in the summer. As yeah. much as I hate leaving and playing hockey, the weather is the best change. I remember my first summer, I was so used to Kelowna, I had to go spend about $500 worth of winter clothes because I've never experienced <laughs> minus 20 before. Uh, pretty cool for you guys to get to play at uh, the same arena as the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know how often you cross paths in the in the hallway, you know, in a regular day, but nice to know that you're sharing the same building. And you get to play on the same ice surface normally, not this past 23 games, but in a normal season. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty a pretty cool experience there. Uh, in a regular year, we'd be able to watch practices, watch uh, watch away teams' morning practices before their games, like. I remember watching OV for 20 minutes, take one timers one day and just walking past Connor McDavid's uh, mouth dropping every day, even though I've seen him plenty of times throughout the rink. And it's cool. It's cool. It's lucky. We're very lucky to play in Rogers and uh, kind of get this experience seeing uh, the NHLers and the pro players come in and how they handle themselves every day. And it, it's interesting and I love it. That's uh, why I'm so lucky. I get to play in Edmonton. Now the sheet I'm looking at says five foot ten, 150 pounds, but that could be at the start of last season. I don't know. Uh, what are you at right now? I'm five ten, five ten and a half, and I'm around uh, 160, 170. Right All right. Now. So you've uh, filled out, and uh, is that a lot of off season training? Uh, like since the season's uh, ended, that you're hitting the gym and starting to bulk up a bit? Uh, it was more in the season. I I think I I was just a bit light that day in weigh-ins, but I'm normally around 160, 170 area. And, uh, I know I'm a, I'm a big eater. I love eating food and anything healthy enters my body. And I don't know. I just always love eating and I'm a small guy. So I got to eat and gain weight and it's what I got to do to play at a high level. Jalen, when you, you're watching, uh, the, the visiting NHL teams, uh, practicing, and I imagine you get the chance to watch a lot of NHL games as well. 
are, do you find yourself drawn to watching certain players? I don't know if they're guys like your same size. Do you kind of pattern your game after guys your size that are in the NHL to see, all right, that's what he does. This is what I need to do. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was actually, I was lucky to be uh, coached by Vern Fiddler this, this summer. And I actually modeled my game a lot after him. And anytime the Islanders came into town, I always watched Pajot on the ice when we were able to watch him. I think he's a small guy who plays with a lot of energy and he's a two-way forward. He's used in all situations. And I really think that's a guy that I can model my game and the NHL that does a very successful job and makes a great living doing that. Oh, that's a good one, too. I hadn't thought of that, J.G. Pajot before. I, you know, in the last couple of years, I'd always said Brandon Hagel was, you know, when I watched Brandon Hagel as a 17-year-old, I'm like, Jalen Lipen at 17 reminds me of him. Same thing this year. You remind me of Brandon Hagel. Uh, I don't know if you see any similarities there. And he's obviously off to a, a really good start here now with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I remember when I was 16 playing against him and I realized how good he was as a player and how fast he was. And uh, kind of, I don't really see a comparison just because I played against him plenty of times and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I know we play kind of a similar game. We're fast, we're small, we're defensive, and he's a great player. And God, he's done some great things uh, in Red Deer in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, lastly, with the, the trying to get under people's skin like that, is it? I remember I had Theo Fleury on the show, and at one point he had told me that being a small guy or a smaller guy, he almost felt like he had to do that. He had to be an instigator so that he wasn't getting picked on. He was the guy doing the picking on. Um, is that part of it? Is that something that goes along with that, that you, you need to play on the edge to so that you're not the victim? Oh, uh, yeah, kind of. I think uh, normally for me, just being a smaller guy, I just want to show – guys uh taller than me and bigger than me that i'm not scared and they're yeah. not gonna just be able to push me over i'm not gonna give up i'm not gonna make it easy for you and that's just what i think small guys have to do these days is just you just can't go into a fight knowing you're gonna lose you have to know that you're gonna win and you're gonna have to come out with the puck and that's what that's just what you have to do sometimes as a smaller player how much has the draft been on your mind this year jalen i haven't really even even now, I still don't think about it that much. It's uh, normally, I just for me, I think it's a pretty cool experience. Uh, not a lot of kids get to experience this type of stuff, and I just I, I'm lucky and I'm grateful I get to be in this opportunity. And I I just hope to get my uh, name called uh, that day. I know you a few of your uh, teammates, pretty high profile guys for the draft this year, in, in Dylan Gunther and and uh, Sebastian Kosa and Jake was uh, Jake Neighbors drafted in the first round last year. It you know I. I, we always talk about uh, do you pick their brain and see what it's like uh, going through the draft for a guy like Jake or, or anything like that. Do you actually have conversations about the draft with other players? Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I never really knew about uh, how how this whole situation goes. And before I had my first Zoom call, I texted Jake and I just kind of asked him, what's it like? What's the rundown? And he just told me to be confident and be smart. And he was a big help for me. And uh yeah I play, I play video games sometimes with uh with coast and we always kind of chat about it and he i pick his brain a bit and it's always nice to just hear and uh, i love i love those two that are in uh gunner and coast and uh, i'm proud of them and all they're doing i and i'm gonna be more cheering uh, cheering for them on draft day than i'm thinking about me getting picked as a bc guy does that make you a canucks fan now that you're in edmonton do you, have you become an oilers fan or do you cheer for somebody you know like florida or something completely out of the market 
No, I've always been an Edmonton fan, actually. Uh, my favorite player growing up was Taylor Hall. So I've always been an Edmonton believer and uh, very disappointed watching this playoff series this year. But uh, there's great things to come in this organization, and I'm not going to switch uh, my favorite team. Jalen, I really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. It was a lot of fun chatting and catching up again. And uh, hopefully we're back to normal and we'll get to see you in person again uh, in the fall. But good luck with the draft, whatever happens. I, I hope things work out. Awesome. Well, that's good. Thanks a lot, Key. I appreciate it. That's Jalen Lipen of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's a player. He's three years in the league now. He's just gotten better and better each season, as most players do. But uh, just leaps and bounds ahead of where he was um, even just last year compared to this year. And he's really taken on a, a much bigger role on the team and added that offense to go with it. This is, I mean, the, the Oil Kings have gone out. Kurt Hill's gone out and found a number one line center. Uh, an overage player each of the last two off seasons, maybe this year, maybe for next season, maybe it's Jalen Lipen. Maybe he plays between Jake neighbors and, and Dylan Gunther. Uh, I don't know what the situation is. I haven't been as close to the team uh, as uh, most seasons because of COVID, but um, Hey, it's an option. You know, he, if he's uh, on the top line or the second line, it, uh, his new offense that he's bringing to the table definitely gives the old Kings uh, much added scoring depth uh, that all championship teams need to have to be successful. This entire episode is going to be 2021 Draft Spotlight segments, and uh, up next we're going to head to Minnesota. Kyle Kukkonen is his uh, name. He played for three teams this year uh, with uh, Maple Grove High School, where he had 74 points in 23 games. He also played most recently for the Minot Minotauros in the uh, in the NAL, in the NAHL. He had 19 regular season games with Minot had 16 points, and then was a point-per-game guy in the playoffs for them as well. But he also played for the mighty Team Twin City Orthopedics, where he had 47 points in 19 games. I, I snicker because I've never heard of it before. Um, I'll have to ask him about that. So uh, Kyle Kukkonen, he will join Michigan Tech, I believe, this coming fall. So uh, we'll ask this future Husky what this past season was like, and we'll get to know one of the higher-ranked uh, high school kids out of Minnesota for the 2021 NHL Draft. That's next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Coach Dibbon could not resist leaving Newhook out there. Newhook will wind up out of his own zone. He went from Newfoundland to Victoria last year, and here he goes. Wide around the middle. Newhook shoots, scores! He does it again! Hi, it's Alex Newhook of the Victoria Grizzlies, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And here he is! Having the time of his life. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show with Keith Flaming, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky known to mankind. 
And uh, we're going to keep the 2021 draft spotlight turned on uh, for each guest segment of this week's episode. So four players in total that are all draft eligible guys who will be selected at the NHL draft. And uh, for you casual NHL fans that don't care about junior or college hockey at all, uh, maybe your favorite team just drafted my uh, next guest and you're looking for information on a player like Kyle Kukinen, who played for the Minot Minotauros. Well, that's one of three teams he played for. We'll talk about that as we uh, welcome Kyle to the show. How are you, Kyle? How are, how are things where you are? Uh, I'm good. It's a nice day outside. Um, I appreciate you having me out. Yeah, you were telling me a second ago you're heading out to the golf course. A uh, big golfer in the off season. Yeah, I like to play golf, and then I also like to play Frisbee golf with my, with my brothers. So that's something I've kind of taken up in the summertime. Well, I'll get to the brothers in a second, but I imagine those games can get pretty competitive. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Full contact? Uh, maybe, maybe not on the golf course. <laughs> uh, all right, Kyle, let's, uh, let's talk about this past season. I mentioned you played for three teams. Uh, I guess the most recent would have been Minot, right? Uh, it, up to the null playoffs and, uh, things just ended for you guys not that long ago. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So I started with, uh, the elite league in Minnesota and then went out to Minot for a month or so, then the high school season and then back to Minot to finish it up. Going back and forth and kind of uh, playing for three different teams throughout the season, does that get, I mean, I, I guess it's all uh, sort of new and exciting each time you go to a different team, but at the same time, the consistency would be a nice thing too. How do you balance, how do you make that balance and transition from one team to the next? I think it's just a credit to the coaches and teammates I have on the teams. They made it, uh, I mean, I knew most of the guys in the elite league, but stepping into Minot's locker room, they're all a bu- great bunch of guys and the coaching staff was unbelievable. So uh the, the the people surrounding me made it a lot easier and made it a just absolute joy to come to the rink every day that would be the when you're talking about the elite league that would be the mighty team twin cities orthopedics yep twin cities orthopedics uh, I, i'd never heard of the the program before so it's obviously a sponsorship i'm guessing that where the team gets its name yeah. from yeah yeah i think there are i want to say six to eight teams all sponsored by some local company right 47 points in the 19 games that you played uh, this year for that team, for the orthopedics. Uh, I don't know what the level is. I mean, it's called an elite league, so I imagine it's pretty good. But compare that to, to Maple Grove and the, and the high school circuit in Minnesota, which everybody knows is is top quality. But um, what's the difference between the elite league and, and your regular high school team? Uh, well, the elite league is just, like I said, there are eight teams, whatever, and they uh, bring in guys from all over the the Metro and then up North. So there are two North teams. And I want to say there are four, I can't remember the exact number, but four or six Metro teams and they pull in guys. And usually it's the top, I don't know how many players, but it's the top players and you form some kind of some teams and it's a really competitive and uh, skilled league. And I think that's one of the bigger differences of that to high school. The elite league has so many skilled players that hmm. you're going to have four lines of skilled players where in regular high school, you might not have as many skilled lines in the elite league, but, Obviously, there might not be as much systems in Elite League, but I think it's a great league to showcase skill and talent. And obviously, there's a lot of that in Minnesota, so it's always been, it's, it's been a blast to play in that league the last two years. Well, 47 points, as I mentioned, this year with the orthopedics. Uh, 74 points at your high school team in just 23 games. I mean, both of those places, astronomical numbers. you got to be pretty excited about the way you played, and those numbers that you're able to produce this year happens to be your NHL draft year. Uh, good timing for a big outbreak like that. Yeah, absolutely great timing. Uh, uh, I think it's probably one of the most fun years I've ever had, and 
being able to enjoy enjoy my senior year in this crazy time with all my best friends was unbelievable and a lot of the credit goes to them and the coaching staffs I had. Now Minot uh, when you transitioned from uh, you go from high school to to Minot and joined the Minotauros? Yeah so I went from the elite early in the season I went from the elite league to Minot and then I went from the high school to Minot. Okay, so crisscrossing all over the place. Uh, but, you yeah. know, there you have 16 points in 19 games, and then your point-per-game guy in the in the playoffs. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter what level you're playing at or what team you're playing at. Uh, this has just been a really offensive season for you. But what's the jump up to get to the null from, from high school? It seems like it wasn't that hard of a transition for you to make. Uh, I think it's just like... I kind of talked with my coach and Minot about it. I think just the first few games, it took a little bit to adjust to the physicality. And I planned, I was playing center in high school, and I ended up playing left wing most of the time in Minot. So hmm. just kind of adjusting to that. But, I mean, it obviously was a great learning experience. But being able to adjust to the physicality and the pace was, uh, it was uh, like I said, the teammates around me made it a pretty easy adjustment. But uh, it was just awesome to play in front of those fans in Minot and then from the playoff, the playoff series against Aberdeen was a lot of fun. Kyle Kukinen from uh, the Minot Minotauros, the, uh, from Maple Grove High School, and uh, the Twin City Orthopedics is my guest here on the Pipeline Show in the 2021 Draft Spotlight. And uh, I mentioned, Kyle, for the benefit of those casual NHL fans that don't care about junior hockey at all, but um, might need some background information on you. So let's go all the way back. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Maple Grove, Minnesota. And do you remember how old you were when you first started playing hockey? And classic Minnesota story, I imagine you grew up with skates on, basically. Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact age, but I know I started pretty young. And I remember watching my older brother play, and I decided I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Oh, that's where I was going to next. Uh, you mentioned your brothers. Trevor's your older brother. David's your younger brother. Uh, I have an older brother, and when I was a kid, it was just whatever he was doing, I wanted to do, too. So is that the natural transition for you? You watch Trevor and you want to do whatever he's doing. Yeah, no, I, I love watching my older brother, and I still do. And obviously I look, look up to him as a player and a person, so it's kind of awesome to learn from him. And I think one of my other favorite years of hockey is probably his senior year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play. I was a sophomore on the team, and I was fortunate enough to play with him. And we played on the same line the whole season, and nice. that was just a blast. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had that chance to play together. I know you will again at Michigan Tech, but... It was there was a four year age gap between my brothers, so it wasn't until we grew up and we were playing beer league hockey that we got to play on the same team together. Uh, but that's got to be a, a lot of fun when you can do that with your brother. Yeah, I mean, for a while it was just kind of playing in the pond with him. Uh, we usually play two on two, and for a long time it was me and my older brother versus my younger brother, and my dad. So uh, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun being able to play with him in a, on a real stage, and we were a pretty successful team, so that was a lot of fun. Now, Trevor's a forward, you're a forward, Dave's a forward, or David, I don't know if you, if he goes by one or the other more, but um, th did any of you ever try any other positions or just all just gravitated to being up front? Um, I started up front, and uh, I don't, um, I think we were all kind of forwards, but I started up front, and my youth coaches always kind of gave me a hard time. I, Me and one of my line mates, like, we'd kind of shuffle it around every once in a while, like squirts like you do. We'd play defense, and we'd always end up, like, stretch passing to each other or something because we wanted <laughs> to go score. So we weren't quite defensive-minded, so we figured forward was a position for me. Ever have to take your turn in net when you were little? I mean, I'm sure I did. I don't have any memories about it, but uh -huh. I'm sure I took my chance way when I was younger, but 
All right. Didn't make a lasting impression on you, though. Um, <laughs> no, you know, not at all. On those outdoor uh, rinks now, as you know, you're 18 and Dave's, David's 16 and Trevor's 20 now. Um, when you're playing outdoor hockey, if you, if you get that chance out on the pond or whatever, who's the better of the three, would you say? I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's always a pretty balanced. And, I mean, we're all different players and built different. But, I don't know, I think it's always a pretty competitive game and it bounces back and forth. So, we we keep it competitive and I obviously push it a little bit and sometimes maybe I'll push it a little too far, but I don't know, it's a lot of fun and I love doing it. <laughs> nice. Uh, why Michigan Tech for you? Was that also because that's where Trevor was going or did had you guys talked about that particular program for a while and decided to co- who committed first? Uh, we actually committed at the same time. The coach okay. was uh, talking to us both and I remember we sat down in the living room, me and my brother and my dad, and we kind of talked about it and said that was somewhere we wanted to go because both my parents went there and then my cousins actually are or my older cousin just graduated he was an equipment manager for the hockey team there and we kind of grew up around that program so that was something I wanted to be a part of and fortunate enough we both were or are able to commit there and play there in the future so I'm excited for it and is the plan to go there like in a couple of months to start for this coming season uh, I'm going to play one more year in the or one year in the USHL then I'll be going in Okay, one year in the USHL. That's good to know. Uh, and I think you've played a little bit with Madison, right? Uh, now they they didn't play this past season at all. Um, I I would expect they're coming back for this coming year. Are you still property with them? Like, is that the team you'll play for? Or? Yeah, I'm still property with Madison. So the few games I played, I think it was two years ago, whatever it was. But yeah. that was a, that was a great experience. But they uh, COVID uh, uh, obviously shut them down this year, and that was unfortunate. But I'm looking forward to starting there next year. That should be, uh, it should be a blast. I'm excited. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Kyle, tell me about um, the the NHL draft from your perspective. Uh, it's a big year, obviously. I, I when I talk to a lot of players on this show, a lot of them will say they try not to think about the draft at all because it could be a distraction. But there are those, and there might be even a growing number of players who say they look to see where they're ranked and they they want to use that as motivation and things like that. What about for you? Um, I, I don't look too much into it. I, I kind of just play my game and let the chips fall where they may. I, I trust the process and the hard work I put in on and off the ice. And I don't look too much into the rankings or the grades, whatever it is. I mean, I see them, but like, I don't, I don't think too much into it. I just kind of work hard and do what I can to be the best I can. And, uh, I, like I said, the chips will fall where they may. And, uh, obviously I've been fortunate enough to see some of my best friends in the past few years get drafted. And that was really cool to just watch them, even watching some of the world juniors or play for USA. That was really cool. And so obviously I've been working for this moment and hopefully it turns out uh, something I'll never forget. But when central scouting comes out, what was it last week near 78th in North America that you don't look at that and say, well, that's really cool. Or I, I should be higher than that. Or, you know, does, you don't let it, uh, affect you at all uh, not really i mean obviously it's a great honor to be even on that list and being ranked 78 was pretty cool so i mean i don't look too much into it or if, if i'm high or low i just kind of am grateful to be on that list and i guess whatever happens happens so for those who haven't had a chance to watch you play and, and i'm in that category i haven't uh, been able to watch you play on online or anything like that um describe yourself as a player give us a, a self-scouting report what we sh- what we should expect from uh from kyle kukinen and um kyle kukinen's a, a competitive uh two-way and a smart hockey player he loves to play with the puck and find his teammates and i think he makes the players around him better as well as himself and 
he just loves being at the rink and putting in the work every day of practice. And then uh, lately it's been uh, going well in the game. So just a skilled two-way forward who's one of the hardest workers on the ice and isn't afraid to go to the dirty areas. I love the third person. That that was awesome. Uh, the sheet I'm looking at says 5'10", 165 pounds, but I don't know how uh, accurate that would be. So what are you at now? Uh, about 5'10", 172. All right, so put on a few more pounds. But you think you're done growing yeah. taller, or are you, or are you still are you still transitioning that way? I might get another inch or two. I'm not quite sure. So all right, but there's we'll no see what happens. There's no six four or anything like that in your family that you no, should. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not going to be six four. I wish. <laughs> no, that's not to say like you're too small or anything. I mean, one of my favorite players in the NHL is a guy like Claude Giroux. He's five eleven. So if if a guy like that yeah. can carve out a successful lengthy NHL career, are there players that you look to at the NHL level and say, well, they're they're my size, they're offensive guys like I am. I got to you know, play the way that guy does or something like that. Are there some players that stand out like that for you? I mean, obviously there are guys that like the best in the world that you love watching and taking away pieces from them. But I just like, I love watching the way Sidney Crosby is my favorite player. And I love watching the way he's a leader and he's so good protecting the puck in the corners. But I also love watching even new guys like Cole Caulfield. He's just a natural goal scorer. But realistically, some guys I like to model my game after are Brian Rust or Jason Zucker. Okay. I'm a big Penguins fan, so those are some guys I love watching and learning from them. So. Uh oh, I'm a Flyers fan. I'll try not to hold that against you, but uh, that, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Do you see yourself more as a shooter or the setup guy? Um, I think. I think I see myself more as a setup guy, but I'm not afraid to pull the trigger and can do that pretty well as well. Yeah, well, it looks like you're you're scoring in bunches this year. Do you ever get told by the coach like, "Be more selfish, shoot the puck"? You're you're giving up uh, opportunities to score. Yeah, sometimes I'll like if it's an odd man rush or whatever, I'll be thinking pass the whole time when I should obviously be thinking shoot. But mm. that's something I've been working on, so uh, hopefully we can improve on that. Now, being a Minnesota guy, uh, I was just going to say, does that make you a wild fan? But you're saying Penguins. It's is that just because of Sidney Crosby, or or have you were you a you know have you always been a Penguins fan? I guess he's probably been there as long as you you've been a uh, uh, watching hockey though. Yeah, no, the Penguins and Wild are my favorite teams. I mean, I've obviously started enjoying watching the Wild now that we've got a few more superstars like Kevin Fiala and Kaprizov. They've been fun to watch this year, but. I don't know. I've always been a Penguins fan, and I just love watching Sidney Crosby. So those are probably my two favorite teams. But I mean, even playing in the XL Energy Center for the Minnesota High School State Tournament—that's uh, just—it's su- it's a super cool feeling. Yeah. So uh, I obviously love going to Wild games, and they're—they're they're another one of my favorite teams as well. Nice. Well, Kyle, listen, I really appreciate your time today. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. I wish you the best of luck at the draft and next year uh, with the Madcaps, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to chat again, maybe at Michigan Tech. Sounds good. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. There's Kyle Kukinen from the Minot Minotauros. I like that name. That's a cool name for a hockey team. Uh, great job by the folks in uh, Minot, North Dakota. And uh, the Null playoffs continue on. Uh, I forgot to ask him, his older brother with the uh, Minnesota Magicians is uh, are still alive in the playoffs. Kyle told me afterwards that He's only done a couple of uh, media interviews uh, so far this season. There's been some interest from um, from NHL teams, but uh, seems to be a little bit off the radar for uh, for media in general, which surprises me a little bit as uh, some of the high school kids. I mean, he's one of the top high school players uh, out of the for available for the draft this year, and in the hockey hotbed that is Minnesota, I would have expected that uh, he'd be chased after a lot more. But uh, 
Well, great to have him here on the Pipeline Show, that's for sure. Another guy that's uh, coming up on the Pipeline Show is uh, also playing south of the border. He is a defenseman with the U.S. National Development Program, but uh, not a Minnesota kid. He's coming from California. The U18 squad for the uh, development program this year, I believe it's four, maybe five uh, players who are headed to Notre Dame to join the uh, the Fighting Irish hockey program, and my next guest is one of them. Defenseman Ethan Strackey in the 2021 draft spotlight. When we come back, you're listening to the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. <laughs> Tia Samuelson left point. Gruden around on the right side. 1-0 U18. Stasky walks the line. Took the shot. Right on goal. They score! Farabee put in the rebound. And Farabee gives his grandmother a birthday present. It's 2-0. Hey, it's Joel Farabee from Team USA. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. He is a midnight mover. He can go on in the side. Spruce Grove St. AJHL Hockey is back for the 2020-2021 season. Due to the ongoing pandemic, the attendance is limited at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. You can follow along across social media at SG Saints and support the Saints by heading to sprucegrovesaints.ca and purchasing your Cash is King tickets today. Over $33,000 in prizes to be given away. Again, head to sprucegrovesaints.ca for more information. The Spruce Grove Saints, proud supporters of the Pipeline Show. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. It's the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, and it's, uh, of course, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, the best best beef jerky in Alberta, and uh, I would dare to say the best beef jerky in the world. And uh, we're going to keep this show rolling with the 2021 Draft Spotlights. Each segment this week is uh, uh, another player that is eligible for the upcoming NHL Draft. Uh, That is just over a month away now, and uh, I know my next guest is probably... uh, Looking forward to that big day, and I wonder, a lot of players will tell me it's like a marathon, and you finally see the, the finish line uh, up ahead. We'll, we'll find out as we welcome Ethan Strackey of uh, Team USA, the U18 squad uh, from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, I guess Plymouth, Michigan now. But Ethan, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I appreciate you making the time in the offseason like this. What What is the offseason like for you right now? It's been, what, about three weeks since uh, since you, you last got onto the ice uh, playing a competitive game. What have you been doing since then? Yeah, it's been something like that. But um, but I'm fortunate. I live uh, I live in Plymouth now, right by the uh, USA Arena, and I've been uh, I've been training with our strength coach Brian Galvin there, and and uh, I just got on the ice for the first time today, actually, and we're gonna start uh, start a program here with Brandon Norado, and um, yeah, so we got a, we got a real good program coming here, and uh, yeah, it's been good. Just been getting in the gym and you know trying to keep uh, keep up to shape before we really get going uh, in the off season. Well, you must have had a chance to, you know, after the the World U18, I know it was a disappointing uh, the way things wrapped up for you, but after that, I imagine you had to get away for a little bit and relax. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it was a, a really tough result, um, but it's always an honor to, to represent the country. But yeah, after a long season, uh, 
me and uh, me and my family went out west to California for a little bit and uh, unwinded, and then you know, uh, right back into it. So uh, it was nice to get away for a little bit, but uh, I'm definitely back and uh, back and ready to go into into hockey form. Interesting though that you're back in in uh, in Plymouth and are able to you're skating at what do they call it USA Arena USA Hockey Arena yeah USA Hockey Arena yep because you're done you're officially done with the program now aren't you I mean uh, you you had the U17 season the U18 I know you're you're off to Notre Dame fairly soon aren't you Ah uh, yeah actually um, you know uh, it was uh, about a week and a week and a half ago a couple weeks ago um, I actually decommitted from Notre Dame it's uh, it's a great uh, a great program and, and you know have great amount of respect for Jeff Jackson and uh, the rest of the coaching staff there, but I decided it wasn't a fit for me. So, uh, so next year I'm actually going to play in green Bay uh, with the gamblers and then um, see where, see where we go from there. Okay. Interesting. I hadn't known that. I'm sorry. I didn't, uh, if that was a sore yeah, spot, no. I apologize, but uh, well, that's not, that's not a problem. Not a breaking problem. news for me at least. And uh, so <laughs> green Bay is the, the USHL team that holds your rights then. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Uh, so, is it uh, you, you spend the what the next year in the USHL, and while you're looking for a new college uh, destination? Yes, yes, that's the uh, that's the plan. All right, interesting. Uh, Ethan Strachey is my guest. He's a defenseman. Uh, played the last couple of years with the national team development program. Um, let's uh, for this part of the show, Ethan, we we let our audience kind of get to know somebody that's draft eligible, and there'll be a lot of casual NHL fans who don't watch junior hockey or college hockey at all. Uh, but maybe uh, their favorite team has just drafted you, so they're going to go back and try to find as much information about players as possible. So for the benefit of those people, uh, let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? Uh, originally, I was born in uh, in Walnut Creek, California, a uh, smaller city out in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, but uh, me and my parents moved to uh, to Florida, where I was raised, in Ormond Beach, Florida, which is uh, a small town by the beach uh, on the East Coast, uh, right by Daytona Beach. And uh, I lived there up until right up until eighth grade or my freshman year of high school uh, when I moved up to, to Michigan to uh, pursue hockey. And we have some family up here, too. So it worked out. But uh, to kind of pursue my hockey dream. And um, I've been up here ever since. So uh, that's kind of I've been I've bounced around a little bit. I'm kind of a Sunbelt kid, but I'm uh, I'm up in Michigan now. The season before you joined the program, you played for the Oakland Junior Grizzlies. When I hear Oakland, I think of California. Not the case. Not the case. That's, that's uh, yeah, I get that a lot actually. Um, but yeah, they're uh, Oakland County, Michigan, up over in Troy. So they're a little confusing with the uh, California ties, but uh, yeah, two different, uh, two different Oakland. Okay, but well, hey, I'm I'm not from your country, man, so you don't hold it against me. Um, <laughs> no, no worries. Now you're a defenseman. Have you always been in, on the blue line, uh, like growing up through minor hockey and things like that, or did you play other positions along the way? No, actually, I actually started as a uh, as a forward. Um, actually, right up until uh, Bantams, I was a forward, and then I made the switch back. And uh, I've been a defenseman ever since. But uh, yeah, I have some I have some forward roots in the uh, from the uh, from the early youth hockey days. Well, interesting. What led to the change for you? Uh, I think one of my coaches in Florida, uh, he he made the suggestion. He just saw something. He's like, hey, it's like try defense and. I didn't want to at first. I, I really didn't want to. I was uh, I was a little bit upset, but uh, it ended up being a great decision because you know yeah I just found that it's so much fun being able to see see the whole ice and see the play in front of you and uh, kind of be able to use my skating more and uh, yeah I've just loved it uh, ever since. I, I know a lot of players will tell me when they're very young uh, on their you know squirt team or whatever might have to take your turn in net 
ever have one of those uh, experiences? Uh, you know, I, I, I very briefly, uh, one, uh, one practice or one game, it was my turn. I, just like you said, in scorch or, or one of the lower levels. And, uh, it was my turn for going for the day. And I went down to make a butterfly save and, uh, just bruised my knee completely did it wrong. And, and, uh, I was crying and I had to go off the ice and, uh, that was the end of goalies for me. All right. Well, it seems to have worked out uh, pretty well for you. Um, tell me how you get the, the path for you to get to the, uh, to the program. I, I guess going from Florida to Michigan and spending some time there, but at that point, I'm sure you are very aware, uh, well aware of, uh, what the U S national development program is all about. But you know, when you're 12 years, and playing are you thinking that far ahead uh no i'm not actually uh in florida i was just trying to uh i was just trying to make the the florida alliance which was the top team there i couldn't uh i couldn't get there for for a couple of years but finally my last year in florida i was able to make it and uh, i kind of got exposed to triple a hockey and coming to tournaments in chicago and detroit and uh so the year after that i came up to little caesars and that's when you know when you're in michigan you really know I had some knowledge of it before, but that's when you really find out what the national program's about. And uh, it was uh, it was a lofty goal at the time for a kid from Florida, but uh, I, I set my mind to it, worked as hard as I could, and uh, it was a, 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 it was a bit of a dream come true when uh, I had the opportunity to play here. And it was uh, it was just an absolute honor being able to throw uh, the USA jersey on for the last two years. Well, you know, we've heard that a lot from from players. It's obviously an honor you get to wear your national colors every game, and it never gets boring or it never gets uh, tired. But how does it make you a better player? I mean, you're playing with the elite of uh, your age group in the country, and you can't help but get better, even in just practicing against those guys, let alone playing with them. Yeah, I mean, every every single day you're going up against the best players in the country. When you guys got you got guys like Sasha Passajov and and Red Savage coming down on you in practice every day, it makes you a better player and makes you a better defender. So when you have like, yeah, like I said, when you have the top guys every day, it, uh, it boosts your game and elevates you. And, uh, yeah, the, it's all about competing, all about competition. And, uh, it, it's awesome. It's a great environment. Well, I have to ask you about the U18 and, and what went wrong. I know it was the first time I think USA has missed the podium in 16 years and, it's not the way you wanted to end your your tenure with the with the program. Uh, you build up to the to the U18s for two years. It's it's your Stanley Cup. What happened? Yeah, you know it's it's tough. Uh, you never expect that. We had a uh, you know we had a great group. We had a real tight group, and uh, you know it, it's been our goal for two years. So it was uh, it was one of the most it was probably the most one of the most heartbreaking moments uh, moments of my life and my hockey career. Sitting in that locker room after the Sweden game and. Um, you know, there's there's really not much to say. Uh, you you don't really know what goes wrong at the time, and and it's been tough trying to figure it out after. But uh, you got to keep moving forward, and you got to take the take the, the the lessons that you can from that. And uh, for me, it's just sitting in that locker room on that stage and just having that feeling. I feel like I I speak for a lot of the guys when I say we, we'll remember that feeling. And you know, if 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 I'm blessed enough to be able to wear the USA jersey again, I'm going to remember that feeling and kind of take that with me and not want that to, to ever happen again. Well, they always say that uh, failure or, or things like that, it's an opportunity to learn and to, to grow, right? I mean, you have to turn, you have to look for the silver lining in, in things when they when they go poorly, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. That's a, that's the mindset you got to you gotta approach everything with. Has there been a, a career highlight uh, over your last couple of years with Team USA, the thing that's uh, going to stand out in, in a positive way that you're going to remember? I uh, I think it's just uh 
I think it's just the two-year process, really. I think uh, you learn to play. Uh, you learn to play different spots. You learn to play different niches and different roles. I think just every day in practice, even uh, I had two two great coaching staffs. So I was able to learn from two sets of coaches. So just all the little details I learned and uh, all the great coaches I had. I don't know if there's there's one big moment that stands out. I mean, there was some there were some you know big wins on the ice and things like that. But I'd say just the overall experience and the day to day grind of it. I think is really what I'm going to take away from it at uh, at the end of the day. Ethan Strachey is my guest, defenseman with Team USA uh, and uh, draft eligible this year. Let's talk about the draft. Uh, I, I mean, it seems like uh, some years from the the program, almost the entire team gets selected at the draft. So I imagine it's something that you guys, I don't know if you sit around and talk about it, but you're certainly aware of the draft. Uh, how much have you spent thinking about it uh, this past year or two? Yeah, I mean... Um... I don't. We don't. We don't really have. Uh, we don't sit down and have discussions about it. But obviously, the program has a great track record in the draft. And uh, for me, my ultimate goal is to is to make it play in the NHL. And uh, you know, this is a very uh, cool step towards that goal. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, it, it hasn't been on the forefront of my mind. We've had the season, and uh, and even after the season, uh, you kind of just got to control your control about controllables and worry about what you can do every day and. Uh, Ultimately, I'm not going to be. I can't decide where I get picked or where I go or, you know, what happens. So I just kind of got to focus on what I can do every day and kind of let that stuff take care of itself. Interesting. I know there are guys who tell me that they look to see where they're ranked and they use that as some sort of motivator or something like that. Not for you? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm aware of it, but uh, you know, I don't read into it too much. I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I believe in myself and I believe, you know, in my abilities and. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I read into the rankings too much. I just try to try to bring my best every day and get better every day. And uh, I think in a, in three years down the road, two years down the road, that stuff will take care of itself. Well, for those who haven't had a chance to watch you play, maybe they didn't watch the U18 at all. Uh, what kind of a player are you? How do you see yourself on the ice as a defenseman? I'm a two-way defenseman. I think. Uh, I think this year I was brought in more of a of a not a shutdown role, but more of a defensive uh, a defensive role. Uh, but I, I definitely look, and especially at the U18 Worlds, I look to pitch in on the offensive side a lot and use my skating and join the play more. But, uh, yeah, I'm a two-way defenseman. I love to make plays, and uh, I, I'm going to continue uh, continue growing my offensive side of my game, especially next year in Green Bay. Um, but, yeah, I, I like to play an all-around game and uh, be responsible, but also use my offensive tools uh, to my use. Who was uh, your defensive partner for the most uh, part this year, or did that change frequently? Uh, it was pretty fluid. Um, it, it changed a lot. I had uh, Ty Murchison for a while. He's a great player. Uh, he's going to Arizona next year, Arizona State. Uh, I was with him for the for the first part uh, of the year, and then uh, I bounced around. I was with Jake Martin a little bit, and then uh, Lane Hudson, who's an 04, he played up with us. He's also a, a tremendous player at the, at the Worlds, and uh, I, I had uh, those were my three main ones, and, and you know I, I, I loved playing with all of them. Nice. Uh, the sheet I'm looking at says 5'11 and 174 pounds, but I don't know how up to date that is. What are you at now? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's about right. I'm probably close to 180 now. Uh, I'd say 180 and uh, yeah, 5'11, 5'11 and a half. So uh, yeah, that's just about right. Okay. Uh, lastly, with the decommitment from Notre Dame, what are you looking for in a program? Like what, what will be the right fit for you? I think it really comes down to just like uh, the people and the coaches and, and how I feel. Uh, you know, on campus, you get you, sometimes when you're making decisions, uh, uh, you got to use logic and, and see uh, if it's the right fit for you, but also just kind of a gut feeling. 
And uh, when you know it's right, you know it's right. So uh, I'm just looking to, you know, have a great coaching staff and, uh, you know, have uh, have opportunity and uh, and just just be able to feel that it's the right fit for me. That's really what I'm looking for. California born, Florida raised, and uh, your skills uh, honed in Michigan. Did you grow up with a favorite NHL team? I did. Uh, my uh, my parents are from uh, from Windsor, Ontario, so right across the border from Detroit. I was a huge Detroit Red Wings fan growing up, but uh, I also loved the Florida teams too growing up. But uh, yeah, so I, I'd say those three. But Detroit was my team growing up. Both your parents Canadian. Oh, uh, they are. They are. I'm a dual citizen. Oh, look at that. Your stock just went up in my book, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ethan, I appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck uh, at the draft and, and whatever happens in your future next year with Green Bay and uh, end up whichever college you, you pick. Maybe we'll chat again. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on. That was Ethan Strackey from Team USA, no longer headed to uh, Notre Dame, which I, honest to God, did not know before uh, we... Before I made that comment uh, when we were chatting, so we'll see where he ends up uh, deciding to take his uh, career aspirations to uh, when it comes to his NCAA uh, tenure. But uh, next season, he will be in the USHL with the Green Bay Gamblers. So it's interested to hear about that. Didn't know. One more guest segment to go on this week's episode of the program, and uh, one of the top-ranked WHL players is a defenseman out of Prince Albert. His name is Nolan Allen. We'll get to know him when we come back, you're listening to the Pipeline Show, fueled by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Minnesota selects as the first pick in the 1988 entry draft from Prince Albert, Mike Medano. Hey, this is former Prince Albert Raider Mike Medano, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Go Raiders, go! Go Raiders, go! The green, white, and gold team is Go Raiders, go! We take on the roughest and welcome the toughest, but the song in Prince Albert is Go Raiders, go! The Troubled Monk Brew of the Week. Hey, this one's great on ice. Why is that, bud? Troubled Monk, Troubled Tea. This surprising beverage is low in sugar, zero carbonation, and has an unmistakable real tea taste. Alberta's first and only hard iced tea. Player comparable, Jack Eichel. Silky smooth and super skilled, but a little softer and enjoyed by all. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at TroubledMonk.com. Troubled Monk, craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. I got a bad feeling about this. It's the final segment of this week's episode of the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We are brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky in Spruce Grove and in Leduc, Alberta, the best beef jerky in Alberta. Wilhock Beef Jerky. Uh, we are going to keep the 2021 draft spotlight on as we uh, get to know another player eligible for the upcoming NHL draft, uh, which goes next month. And we know uh, the. A pecking order for the uh, draft picks for the first what 15 picks, I guess it is. And uh, my my next guest, well, he's one of the top-ranked players out of the Western Hockey League this year, uh, playing for the Prince Albert Raiders. And uh, also we saw him down in Texas representing Canada uh, at the uh, World U18, coming home with a gold medal. Uh, Nolan Allen, defenseman with the PA Raiders. Welcome to the program, Nolan. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. I, I appreciate you making time in the off season since Texas. So, what have you been doing? Uh, not a lot of schoolwork actually, trying to catch up a bit before graduation here, and then yeah, just working out and 
yeah, relaxing a bit. Nice. Uh, well, when you come home from uh, an event like that, I imagine you get a little bit of downtime, but uh, you put your feet up a little bit, and, but you're grabbing textbooks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I got some school to catch up on so I can uh, graduate here. But yeah, other than that, it's you know nice to get a little break and yeah, rejuvenate a bit. Nolan, how weird was the past you know 14 months for you? As you know, if everybody's gone through it around the world with the with the global pandemic, but for you and for uh, the other guys in your situation, this is obviously a, a big year for you. It's your NHL draft season. Didn't know if the WHL was even going to get off the ground and run and managed to get. Most teams played 24-ish games. Uh, you yourself got into 16 games in PA before you went to Texas. But how weird was this year? Oh, yeah, it was weird for sure. I mean, uh, no one expected this, and uh, we had no clue how long it was going to last. So uh, we're just thankful we got back to playing. And, yeah, we kind of feel bad for the guys in the O not even getting a season. But When you look back at, uh, you know, it was only 16 games uh, in the dub for you this year, but it, there would be some people who say, was it worth it? What do you get out of it? But Tell me, from your experience, you know how important it was just to get on the ice for a little bit of exposure, let alone some more added development. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you, you lose a whole year like that, it's uh, pretty big. So, you know, those 16 games were huge for everyone in there. And I mean, especially for the 20-year-olds, at least they got to have uh, some sort of a season rather than none. So, Right, yeah, the 20-year-olds who are done now and the, the new guys who will be you know, full-time rookies next year, at least they got their, they were able to come in and, uh, and get a taste of the WHL and maybe helps them prepare for next year as well. Yeah, exactly. Nolan, uh, obviously this is a, a big year for you. It's your draft year. How much has the draft been on your mind, you know, over, I guess, the last 14 months, but especially now as it's getting closer and closer? Do you spend a lot of time thinking about it? Uh, yeah, it's kind of more now that it's heating up, but uh, yeah, you just kind of try to, you know, not think about it too much, especially when you're playing and playing in big tournaments like that and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I guess now that the season's kind of came to an end, it's, you know, maybe a bit more on your mind, but uh, still got to go about your daily life and, you know, focus on the other things that you need to do too. So so you're not a guy that uh, looks to see where you're ranked by, you know, whoever on TSN or Sportsnet or Central Scouting or anything like that? You don't go seek that out? Uh, no, I'm not paying too much attention to it. I mean, especially with this year, I mean, with you know not that many games being played and OHL not even playing like who really knows what's going to happen so right yeah not putting too much stock into it all right Nolan Allen from the PA Raiders is my guest here on the pipeline show uh Nolan this part of the show we like to let the audience get to know somebody that's in your situation being that you're uh, a draft eligible player and there'll be a lot of listeners right now who will listen to this maybe two months from now but after the draft Casual NHL fans who don't pay any attention to the dub or or junior or college hockey at all, but maybe you're drafted by their favorite team, so they're trying to find some information on you. So maybe let's, uh, for the benefit of those people, let's start at the beginning. Uh, you, uh, where are you from? Did you say where you're from? I'm from Davidson, Davidson, Saskatchewan. Which is a thriving metropolis of what, uh, just over a 1,000 people? Yeah, yeah, just over a 1,000 people here, kind of in between Regina and Saskatoon. Right. Do you remember how old you were when you first started playing? Oof, I think I was about two and a half when I first started skating. I don't know wow. if I would have been about three or four when I started, I guess, playing. But yeah. Now, I know you got a couple of brothers, one older, one younger. And uh, your older brother, uh, Blake, is in the WHL. He's bounced around from a, a few teams. But when you were little, was part of it, I want to do whatever Blake's doing because he's your older brother? It's pretty natural. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I kind of just followed him all the way up through minor hockey. I mean, we played uh, 
probably six years together too. So always playing up with him was nice. And uh, yeah, we got our younger brother coming up and he's following our footsteps now. So it's pretty cool too. Did Evan ever get to play with you? No, there's a bit more of a age gap between me and Evan, I guess. We're about three and a half year, years, whereas me and Blake are just two years. So I see. it's a little bit easier that way, I guess. All right. How fun is it when you get to uh, play against uh, Blake in, in a WHL game? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun. We usually have a little wager friendly competition <laughs> going on there. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Pretty competitive uh, guys off the ice, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to get in some heated battles here, whether it be mini sticks or whatever, <laughs> golf or whatever sport we were playing. Uh, who, who's the better golfer? Um, I don't know, actually. We haven't even golfed yet this year, so I haven't got out with them. I guess we'll have to see. It's usually pretty close, though, so kind of depends on the day. Uh, take me back to the Bantam draft. You, you didn't have to wait long uh, to hear your name being called. I know some of the guys I've talked to, over the last little bit, have told me they were down in Philadelphia at a, at, a, at a tournament there. Other guys are at home watching it on TV or something or on their phones. Other guys are at school. Were you in Philly or were you? where were you? Yeah, I was in uh, Philly as well. I mean, yeah, we had a couple of those other guys, Gunther and Stringer and uh, Sillinger, and those guys were there with us too. So, yeah, we were all kind of there for the draft, which is pretty cool. It, it's interesting because you guys have so much time playing – against each other obviously but you've you've crisscrossed past and you've been on the same teams often as well you, you guys got to be friends a lot of the time too don't you yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah yeah you're uh you hate playing against a guy and then you <laughs> go and play on this team two years later and you find out your best friends with them so yeah it's kind of cool how it works that way now you arrived in prince albert right after they were uh whl champions um to follow in and go in there it's a, as a high draft pick, there's going to be a lot of pressure on you as a, a high draft pick. The, obviously, the organization is like we used to pick on a really high pick on you, uh, and the fans are expecting you to be a, a big impact player. Uh, who puts more pressure on you, you or everybody else? Um, yeah, I don't know really. I I have a lot of pressure on myself. I you know expect highly of myself. Yeah, out there. So uh, you know, I I don't know really. It's you know, both that kind of thing there. Uh, eight points in your uh, full rookie season uh, in Prince Albert, and uh, I know you played seven games before that and uh, you had a single point then. Uh, you are uh, you were more of an offensive guy before you got to the WHL. For whatever reason, those numbers haven't translated yet. Uh, is that a, still a work in progress for you? Why do you think it uh, those the offense, uh, the offense hasn't showed up yet? Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, more of a defensive role, I guess, this last year with Prince Albert. And, uh, yeah, that's something that I'm looking to work on and, you know, find out how to translate that part of my game into, you know, our team plan and how we want to play as a team. So, Well, for those casual NHL fans who haven't had a chance to watch you play and, and they, like I said, might not know where Prince Albert is, for heck's sake, what kind of a player are you? Give us a, a, self, a self-scouting report. What should we expect to see when, uh, when they get to watch you? Yeah, I think uh, I'm a solid, uh, you know, hard-hitting defenseman, you know, likes to make life tough on the forwards and, you know, plays a lot of penalty kill and, yeah, is not afraid to block a shot or anything. So The sheet I have says 6'2 and 194 pounds, but that could be six months out of date. I don't know. Uh, what are you at now? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm at. Got it right on. Is that a comfortable playing weight for you? Do you, do you th- Are you done growing taller? Like, has it been a while since uh, you uh, sprouted up at all? Uh, no, actually, I think I grew over this winter a bit, but uh, hmm. I think I'm almost at 6'3", but not quite there. 
but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm comfortable playing this weight, but you know, if I can add more and feel comfortable there, then I'll do that. But uh, I mean, there is a risk of getting too big or too uh, muscular, right? You don't want to hamper your uh, mobility or anything. You're, you're about the same height as, uh, as Blake already. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I actually just, yeah, that's what I, I just passed him this winter. That's how I knew I grew a bit. Now you've got bragging rights, Nolan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, growing up in Saskatchewan, did you did you have a favorite NHL team? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm an Oilers guy. Oh, any particular reason? Uh, well, I guess my dad just liked them, so any young kid, I guess, kind of likes whatever team my dad does. So yeah, I suppose that way. I suppose that's true. Anybody, uh, anybody in the uh, the organization, anywhere in the NHL, I suppose that. Uh, you look at it and say that's a guy that I should pattern my game after a bit because well, maybe we have a similar playing style. Yeah, I think uh, another local boy, uh, Braden McNabb with Vegas. Mm. He's from Davidson, and I think there's some similarities between our games there for sure. Yeah, big physical stay-at-home kind of defenseman. Uh, although he had more offense at the at the WHL level than he's shown, uh, I think, at the NHL level too. But maybe you can carve out a similar career path. Yeah, for sure. He's a big guy to look up to. Uh, and small town Davidson, do you guys cross paths at all? Yeah, yeah, I've met him a couple times. Uh, I'm good buddies with his younger brother, Dean. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I know of him and, yeah, talk to him a bit. Fantastic. Uh, so between now and the draft, what's in store for you? Uh, just the same. I got uh, I got graduation coming up here and then, uh, yeah, just back into the city for, you know, working out and skating again. So getting right back at it. Now, do you go to PA for that or do you stop in Saskatoon and skate there? Saskatoon's closer, and yeah, that's where we're working out and skating. So okay, I haven't heard anything about an NHL combine this year. If if it's been canceled, or if there's still something uh, potentially going to happen, or some sort of uh, showcase event or anything like that, but lots of Zoom meetings. Have you been contacted by NHL clubs to this point? Yeah, yeah, there's been some uh, Zoom meetings and uh, you know phone calls here and there, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a interesting process. Awesome. Well, Nolan, real, listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for doing this. I wish you the best of luck this summer, and uh, hopefully next time you come through Edmonton with the uh, with the Raiders, uh, maybe we'll get to see each other in person uh, as you take on the Oil Kings. Thanks for doing this. For sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. That's Nolan Allen of the Prince Albert Raiders. He is uh, one of the top-ranked players out of the Western Hockey League, eligible for the 2021 draft. The uh, NHL Central Scouting has him slotted in Number 40, I think they had four or five guys uh, ahead of him, uh, but not very many. And uh, he was a third overall pick in the uh, banner draft that year. Carson Lambos and Dylan Gunther. Uh, Gunther went one, Lambos two, and then it was Nolan Allen. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what the pecking order is. I think everybody's expecting Gunther to be the, the first WHL player who is chosen. But where does Lambos go? Where does Nolan Allen go? Uh, we'll have to wait until the... The end of July to find out for sure. That was my final guest of this week's episode. So it's cleanup time. Reminder, go get yourself a bidet. Do yourself a favor and get yourself a bidet. One of the best uh, investments uh, our little household made. Been fantastic. Everybody in the family loves it. It's not only uh, better for you, it's better for the environment as well as you save a whole ton of trees because you're not using nearly as much uh, toilet paper as you, you did before you got your bidet. Stop wiping, start washing. Get your bidet today by going to hellotushy.com slash pipeline. And just for using the URL, you get an extra 10% off right there. Uh, next week on the program, well, you know it's going to be more of the same. Lots and lots of uh, draft 
talk and draft coverage. Uh, perhaps we'll start circulating in some uh, some ro- a rotation of uh, scouts as well as all of these players. Uh, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show, then uh, you have the ability to submit requests. If there is a particular draft eligible player that you would like me to get on the program, uh, let me know. You can send me a direct message that way. For those of you who aren't patrons yet, you can, uh, I guess you can try to get a hold of me on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy and uh, submit your request that way. Before I forget, wherever you're getting your copy of the Pipeline Show from, if it's iTunes or SoundCloud or, or uh, Spotify or Google Play or uh, Podbean, Spreaker, wherever you get it from, if you have the ability to leave a comment and or a rating, I would ask you to please do so. Try to introduce the show to more listeners by what you have to say. That would be fantastic. I'd really appreciate it. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Have a great weekend, everybody. When we come back next week, it'll be more Draft Talk here on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya. See ya.